True to the nature of what could go wrong, everything was going fine, and then James broke it, and nobody could hear. And then we're back out and back in, so it's fine. We have arrived. Both of us have video and audio, and I think that I've said it's fine and what could go wrong at least six times. At least, I'm actually kind and of impressed that you fit that many in. Yeah. <laughs> It's so applicable. You don't believe me when I tell you, but it is. No, I believe you. So, and we're only two minutes late. So, I mean, that's also that's also a positive. That is a positive. I am very excited about our ability to show up to everything on time-ish. There you go. On time-ish. Okay. Like it. I appreciate so, it. I don't know. We had a whole conversation about if your name is Jim or if your name is James. And then we landed on James. And then here you are with a little tag that says Jim. So uh, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself because I don't even know your name. So okay. Old habits die hard. Sorry, that's my other line. That's my executive <laughs> line. Um, so actually, I am a fourth. Well, sorry, I'm a third. I have a fourth of Jim. So that's how this, this lineage goes. So Jim could either be my grandpa or my dad or me. So here's the funny story or my son. So the funny story is my dad actually popped into LinkedIn first. He beat me to it and he took Jim. So therefore, if you go to LinkedIn slash in slash Jim Lorraine, you get my dad. Um, if you go to LinkedIn slash in slash James Lorraine, you get me. So that's and then you did. come all up in here no, writing little... Jim on your thing. I know. Well, see, there you go. I get I, my dad gets my spillover press. It is funny. He has a link in his about that's like, hey, if you're looking for the other gym, like here's the link. So I got him to link my profile for me. So it's cool. Well, that, it's that fine. worked out. It's fine. Yeah. Can I find it's like fine. other Chelsea's and have them, you know, link to mine? Hey, if you're looking for Chelsea Robertson, here's the link to her. Should I try that? Pretty soon you're going to have to. How many Chelsea Robertsons are there out there? I mean, considering my last name is Robertson, you yeah. know, it's fine. I'd say a fair bit. I'd say a fair bit. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So why are you here? What are you? Because you, uh, you asked here? me to be. Oh, right. Yeah. Then you no, said really. it was going to be death to STEM. Yeah. So, oh, you want to hop right in? Yeah. You didn't want to do pleasant. No, I want you to tell us that. why you're here. We can do that. Why are you here? Why? Oh, man. Why are you here? Uh, well, so it's really kind of interesting. Education has always been somewhat of a passion for mine, uh, of mine. Uh, and partly because I went through the system and now I watch as so many other kids and people go through the system. Um, I had a unique kind of background in that I was, I picked engineering because my mother said I should. Um, so I remember sitting on the kitchen counter and asking my mom what I should do. And she said, you're good at math and science, be an engineer. So, okay, sure. Sounds good. So I did, and I did 10 years of it. And what I found is that I, not to say I didn't like it, it was okay, but it just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't like working long hours in a cube by myself, staring at the same problem over and over again. Um, so what I see in, in STEM, I know, I know, I know what I see in the STEM push, I'll put it this way. And I'm probably like the least popular person like in the world right now, uh, for that headline. But what I see is 
we created something that's positive. We created something that's good. And I think a lot of the thing is like girls and technology and wanting to encourage that. And I'm all for Mm -hmm. that. And that's cool. Everyone should have that opportunity. The problem is it's become like a mantra. And so now Mm -hmm. like you can't buy flarp at the store without it saying STEM on it. And I know people who are being pushed into STEM education, flarp. What was the word? You have not played with flarp? Oh, okay. I'm I'm catching it. I was just I feel like my brain was thinking something different, and then you said flarp, and I was trying to follow like a real conversation. No, and then no, I got now flarp is Flarp is a thing. Did you have flarp? I hope you got to experience flarp. I mean, I feel like I've experienced something similar to flarp, but I'm I don't want to know what that thing is. I don't know what that thing is. Well, but my point is you can't go buy any toy. It's kind of like when people put uh, gluten-free on the bacon wrapper. You're like, it's not like it is, but like. I love when I buy orange juice that says gluten-free. Like, I'm so thankful that this orange juice is gluten-free. because Not like those other guys' orange juice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You got to watch for those glutinous oranges. Yeah, so, but my point though is every toy now that was a toy back in the day is now a toy that's STEM. Like, it just gets the label put on it. So then we create the society. Like, I remember when I was going to school, it was like, we have to do math better than the Chinese. Like, that was the thing. Like, it was on the news, it was on everything, is the Chinese are like out mathing us. So, therefore, we need to go to school and then do a lot of math. And then we kind of hit this point where we're like, you know, like calculators do math better than the average person. Sure. So maybe we don't have to math as hard and we can just use calculators. So I feel we like it's that kind of thing. No. Yeah, maybe we need to. I, yeah, I wrote about that a while ago. I think there's a case for that. I think there's a case. What for was the GIF involved in building the better calculators? Because I only remember your post based on the GIF that it yeah. was associated with, because sometimes your words are hard. My words are <laughs> my that one was just a straight up picture of the calculator that I found that was from my college. That's not so even interesting. That's why I don't remember it. All right, I'll have to redo it. My apologies. So <laughs> can you see these comments that are that are popping up? I'm trying to put them on the screens when they're talking about yeah. you. Oh, they're really tiny, so I have to squint. I didn't think about that ahead of time. If anybody says anything that I'm supposed to be offended about, let me know. Oh yeah, okay, definitely. I mean, Rich says the STEM program wasn't all that good. Some parts of it were, but I guess how it was delivered to the kids. And Rachel said, "I'm so curious about how James experienced." Or wait, about James? I can read. Hang on, I got it. I'm so curious about James' experience because I was in a program middle school that was a STEM program. I was not a fan. Really expensive calculators. See, and I but free orange juice. <laughs> Yeah, I will. If anyone would like glutinous orange juice, I will give you some heavy pulp. Um, No, but this is what I'm saying, though. We so people took a good thing. This happens so much. We take a good thing, which is the opportunity of STEM for people who want it. So I went to Kettering, which was an all boys school when it was GMI, and then it was open to like male, female. So that's cool. Right. I'm all for that. The problem is then we take it to be like STEM is the only way. So if you want to do anything other than STEM, like you should feel bad about yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of my my vibe. It's been elevated to this mantra that if you can call it STEM, like you're okay, and if it's not STEM, then it's not okay. So what Rich said in the comments, what Rachel said in the comments, um, they went to these programs. I don't know if they went 
of their free will, I guess they could answer the question. If they went to their free will or if they were forced to go. Well, but that's the thing. Or if it's in, in the school where your parents sent you or something or some program you had to go to, I think that makes a, I think that makes a big difference. I will. Rachel or Rich, if you're still here, was it out of free will or were you, you know, sentenced to such an experience? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, and I also am going to start producing and selling gluten-free orange juice at a very good rate. So be sure to follow my updates for that. I would like an orange-free orange juice, if you could do that, with gluten wow. in it. And maybe if you could put it in a loaf. A loaf? A loaf, <laughs> a loaf of gluten orange juice without orange. Orange juice without orange. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that could be accomplished. I'm going to work on that. So, uh, Michael Hassler says my STEM degree has worked for me for 30 years. And, and Rich that's said it was offered as an election. Okay. See, my point is, it is for certain people and it works well for certain people. And I'm totally down, again, with having it available. My problem is I feel like it becomes like the almighty. And then, again, you have to, like, you have to be STEM. You have to go STEM. There's so much pressure now for people to go STEM and people who may not potentially enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. I want to the best boss I ever had taught me about play patterns and I wasn't familiar with play patterns, but she was talking about young children and you can watch the way that young children play. So some children love Legos, build Legos all the time, make all kinds of things out of Legos. That's how their mind works. They want to build, they want to create. There's another group of children that want to play with dolls that want to play with action figures. Like I was an action figure kid. I wasn't a Lego kid. You Wait, know? which and, figure, which, which one? Was it DC or Marvel? I mean, I have so many questions. It was Wolverine. It was the one with the little springy cloth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have Power Rangers. So, Power Rangers. Uh, yeah. uh, it's fine. Power Rangers were the things that were like, everyone thought they were cool, but nobody wanted anybody else to think that they were cool. You know, I like the cool, cool kids. I wore the shirts. Like I bought you the did. things. I took them to school. I, I was awesome. Thank yeah, you I'm very sure. much. Yeah, okay. You're sure. Okay. You are sure. Just continue. <laughs> so, but there are types of there are different types of kids and different types of play patterns. This boss taught me that, and she said it. She she said she felt girls primarily played with the dolls and boys played with the Legos. At least out of her kids, that's kind of how they divided. And she said that the kids who played with the Legos like gravitated more towards the STEM stuff, and the people who played with dolls gravitated more towards. I mean, even some engineering, but process engineering and things like that. Because with dolls, it's a continuum of play. I don't assemble a thing. I'm building a narrative. So there's like your marketing side, um, copywriting, you know, storytelling. And then you see a lot of people who get like psychology degrees and rise up to the CEO level. So it's all about what does the kid actually want to do based on like what they come to naturally and what they enjoy and allowing them to do that. And I feel a lot of that gets killed because of undue pressure to go into technical fields. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about interest-led, yeah. inquiry-based. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, hey, who said Power Rangers aren't cool? Matt, <laughs> what are you doing here? And if you're going to be here, you have to say cool things. Okay, Martin says that Power Rangers are cool. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. You're better than I think, Matt. Oh, I think you made a fake account. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. What do you know? And I think Jennifer you says, my kid's school is not all is not is now all about pushing steam because stem wasn't good enough so here's my yeah. i have a thought on isn't, isn't the a hold on hold on hold on isn't steam, steam isn't the a just and oh it's art okay good art yeah so that there's that we're now going back to maybe art is important but here's my thing on inquiry based inquiry based 
does not depend on boys do this, girls do this. It does not depend yeah. on steam. We have to do this or we have to do that. Inquiry base is following the interest of the child and making that more important than what we think it has to be or doesn't have to be. And I think if you're if you're truly following inquiry based, you can't do that inside of a STEM specific setting. Yep. Is that what you're getting at with your words? Yes, you have the all the right teacher words, so that's good. That's exactly what I'm getting at. We got. I I think the role of a good education is to expose the kids to as much different things where they can find their interests as possible, and then latch on when they take interest. And it's really hard to do institutionally, right, to build classes mm -hmm. and curricula around that, but that's exactly it. My concern, too, is it's on the parent side, too. It's the school and the parent side where we value one thing above another and try to right. herd kids into one specific thing. And we can do it passively. Mm -hmm. It's not totally passively. We can do it also by celebrating one and not the other. So not forcing kids, yes. but, like, I think less of you if you. I was always raised and told if you, like, people with psychology degrees are worthless. Like a psychology degree is worthless. So you shouldn't even get one because what are you going to do? Be a psychologist or teach? But then you see like all these CEOs, all these marketing people are phenomenal because they have psychology degrees and they studied people in that interaction. I almost wish I got Because one. we are humans and we interact with humans and everything we do is about the human that we're interacting with. It's weird. It's totally weird. weird. No, we totally I like to say my degree is child development. And I think my degree is applicable in 99.999% of situations, <laughs> because if I can understand how a child develops their brain works and then how to work with them behaviorally, yeah. I can do that with an adult, <laughs> with a CEO, with a team of people, because it's the same concepts that I would use yeah. in a preschool classroom uh, in a setting with a bunch of adults. My love. So is, is that why you were offering me Cheerios before we started this? Yes. Okay. Behavior modification. Um, okay. At least you recognize it. It's fine. Yeah. No, I think that's an awesome skill, though. Like, that's an awesome degree, to your point, is you can do whatever you want with that. It's about your personal ideas and will. And I think you, what, six months ago, would you have pictured that you'd be doing what you're doing now a year ago? Would you have pictured that you'd be in the place you are now? I was, I was living the high life a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm, I'm lost on the comments here. Okay. Um, let's see. Jennifer says, like, my older ones love coding and Lego and logic. My tiny one is a chaos monkey. Yes, I love that. I'm going to start calling my tiny human a chaos monkey as well. Destined for world domination. Mm -hmm. I want them to follow their bliss. Jennifer, you speak my words. Anne-Marie says that she has a psychology degree. Apparently, you're useless, according to James. So yeah. No, 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 no. Let's not say according to James. Let's say according to the major influences in James' life. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Martin says, I went to public school with no STEM. We're, we read we read the same English and math books every year. Pass every time. <laughs> yeah. Danielle is here. Woo -woo. And uh, Josh, Josh says, CEOs are basically children with too much money. Listen, Josh, I'm not going to disagree with you. And I'm not going to say that I don't sit in a room when I lead teams and use the same skills that I used when I was leading a preschool classroom. I am not going to disagree. But yeah. I will neither confirm nor deny that. Did I, I did so deny. I said good. I said good CEOs, though, if you caught that. They're good. They are good. They are bad, right? I got to watch <laughs> it before Peter hops on. But yeah. Oh, yeah, CEO Peter. He's going to come on. He won't come on, but he would have made comments if he were here. Yeah. 
Yeah, he would. But I don't know. I'm not going to quantify him as either side either, honestly. No, you also probably couldn't read his comments live because we wouldn't want we wouldn't want that getting out. Um, that's probably true. No, that's interesting. I, again, so but to the you know to the folks who didn't have STEM type subjects available, well, that's obviously not ideal either. And the point is availability. So I worked with um, a first robotics group for a little bit. Um, I was able to sponsor one, which was so cool, and see what they're doing with the kids, and they're building robots, and the robots are doing competitions, and seeing like how happy the kids are, and actually had family involved in that too. And they're so proud and they, you know, you've built something with your hands. I have absolutely nothing against it. Um, so again, though, it's just my concern is when you see the labels on everything and the societal pressure for those people to pick up a STEM degree as if that is the only thing that, that matters. So just so as long as it's not a history degree, those don't matter. That's true. I mean, we can't go yeah. that far. But then that I already happened. You said that part of it was based on what we value, right? So we're now valuing STEM and this is really important. So my question is, and I have a theory on it, but why are we valuing STEM over other things currently? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. The thing I think about is like, you know how, yeah, props to you, props to you, good job. Um, you know, I think about the trades versus so like, for example, the trades versus STEM, right? So people are being encouraged to, there was the big push for no trades. And then all of a sudden people are like, hey, there's no place in the trades and the trades are actually really good paying jobs. And maybe we should put more focus there instead of like the higher degrees where people are struggling to get jobs. I feel like people think the STEM jobs are security. So I think they think it gives you job security, which I don't really necessarily think is true. I know plenty of engineers who've been laid off. Um, and then also I feel like there is like, not to sound silly, but like some nationalistic push behind some of it. Like, cause again, when we went to school, it was us, it was, it was against the, Hey, the Chinese math better than us. Right. So I think there is some part to, we do want to have a verb by the way. Yeah. No, oh, it's supposed to be a verb. Yeah. Everyone uses a noun. It's incorrect. I think the, what are the, the people in the UK, Kathleen will correct me, but I think they, they math. So somehow they make it plural. It's incredible. <laughs> it's both a verb and plural. That's excellent. Yeah. So what are you, sorry, so what's your theory? Um, okay, so my theory is there's this whole concept of 21st century education. Are we raising, are we educating kids for 2020, 2021, or 2030 or 2040 or whatever? And I yeah. think when people look out to 2030, 2040, all they see is STEM. Right, so they see this, everything else is degraded, nothing else carries as much weight. So if we want our kids to be successful in these other time periods of the future, these mystical twilight zone eras, that they have to be STEM. Because if they're art or psychology or what did somebody said, crimin, criminology, criminology or any of those other ones, they won't have any relevancy because everything's gonna be replaced by computers and everybody has to be STEM or they will fail. This is my theory, what do you think? Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's funny. So I've heard like, hey, the robots are going to do everything. So build the robots, like be the one that yeah. builds the robots. But I have a lot of trouble thinking that the actually the software fields will be replaced. I think some things, you know, like we were talking about truck drivers and I work with people who are doing autonomous vehicles. Right. So like truck driving is one that a lot of people talk about as something that could potentially go away. I know people who work in logistics 
like with trucks, whose job it is to call trucks and figure out where they are. Well, if your truck is tracked, then I don't need you to call. I can just look it up on an online portal. Um, but I think, you know, we've seen AI do copywriting and screenplays and all this stuff, but the groundbreaking stuff that makes the biggest difference is, is people who are writing that. So I don't know. I, I have trouble. I think a lot of the, you used to have, um, you used to have drafts people who would like draw out drawings like on boards and it took forever. And now we have drafting software. So that would have been a STEM thing that went away. I think STEM stuff gets replaced quite a bit. The goal is being incredibly unique and skilled in what you do and making yourself irreplaceable, especially by robots, um, not necessarily being STEM. Robots win because I've seen that movie and it, it never ends well. No. But just saying, Nicole yeah. says, first enable kids to access more than STEM, like public speaking, yeah. business skills, marketing, et cetera. It's, it's more than robots. I agree with that. I think it's about having, not not having STEM, but having a wide variety of access back to that inquiry based. Yep. Um, Josh says the result of STEM is Wally. <laughs> no, yeah. that's the opposite. We had, because then nobody was STEM, right? Everyone was just a blob. I mean, that's true. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's fine. Um, let's see. Jennifer says, we talk way too much about the jobs that will disappear with automation and AI. We don't talk at all about the fact that we can't even conceptualize the jobs that will exist because of those advancements. So that's another piece Absolutely right Absolutely true. We don't even know. So part of my whole soapbox is this co-constructivist theory of education. We're partnering with the child and going for their interests, their inquiries, because we don't know what 2030, 2040 is going to look like. We can't educate the child solely based on what we know and understand because we are not there. But mm -hmm. they will be. We're trying to guide them to the unknown. So that means coming alongside them. And that means putting aside the ego of the educator to say, we don't actually know what you might be or might do because there's new jobs coming up every day. Yeah. YouTubers make way more than some doctors, right? Who would have called yeah. that? So we're yeah. not just raising doctors, lawyers, and engineers. We're raising kids that are going to be involved in jobs that we don't even know exist. So yeah. that's a whole nother piece of why if we, if we hone in too much on this is what's important, then how many jobs are we opportunities we're pushing out of the way that the kids can't experience because we just assumed they wouldn't exist. So here's my question. How do you scale that? How do you scale which part? So like the interest-led stuff, how do you scale it on math? So you have the class of 30 kids or the graduating class of 400 kids or something. How do you scale the interest-led learning in an institutional setting or can you not? You know, and that one's really hard. I've had that conversation and so much, so much of it comes back to the mindset of the educator and the ego of the educator and then how the educators are being trained and brought into the setting um, and institutionalizing it in our brain looks like the traditional education model, which exists now, which is you have to assess it and then you fund it. And if you can't assess it, then you can't fund it, which breaks everything interest led because mm. you can only assess by these things. So as long as funding depends solely on what we can assess or prove or the data we can track, then that kills so much of the option for this interest-led concept. Because mm -hmm. then you're talking about these, these soft skills, these other pieces that, I think it goes back to, you're asking us to um, know exactly what we want our kids to do in 2030, and we can't assess that because it doesn't exist. And if we're assessing it, then we're saying, we want you to do these specific things. So long story short, I just don't feel like you can do that under the current, it has to be assessed to be funded model. 
but I am seeing yeah. it happen in smaller pieces. And of course, it's mostly private. Yeah. It happened, but I was associated with a, I did some training for a company called Learn Life and they hosted like a worldwide learning innovation festival thing. And they mm. have hubs that do these interest-based learning schools where they follow that. But of course it's private because yeah. funding is a problem. So can you work on that? Engineers Public funding. Right? Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to get right on it. Yeah. I think that's true too. Cause if it's like the parent pays for, like if the parent wants to pay for the better education for their kid, the right parent would have, I shouldn't say it that way, but parents who have the mindset of, I just want my kid to have the best like experiences and I don't necessarily care about the grade outcome at the end, that gives you so much freedom because then you can oh, pay yeah. for that specifically. But I don't know. I think it's interesting. Do the schools, I know some schools with really, you know, with really bad outcomes get really good funding and some, but there's always a fight to get better out. I don't know. It's kind of interesting how you balance where that money goes. I'm, I'm glad I'm not part of that decision. Everyone in the whole school system should be glad that I'm not part of that decision. <laughs> Let's throw a mini party that Jim James is not involved in. Ooh, Jim James. I like don't, that. I think I'm going to go with that. I like it. It's, it's fantastic. I'm going to read some uh, of these lovely comments. So Rachel says, I wish we prioritized critical thinking and problem solving in life, period. A lot of STEM material talks about problem solving, but I'm not sure if that's what I actually learned. I totally agree with the comparison of gluten-free uh so it means less as it's used more that's true yeah i think we tack it on to things that are in no way related like it's just a bonus ribbon that we can throw on something now sometimes yeah i mean like boom this is stem this is why it's important and everybody should everybody should do that what else yep. like gluten-free what was i feel like there was another big push in education recently that everybody was like this is really important it has to be Put it on everything and everybody will buy it i don't remember uh anna marie says how do we define the best Ooh, i have all the soapboxes on that question oh my gosh i want to hear yours i know what mine is i want to hear yours i know you go first you're the guest please, oh, please hear mine. Boxes. mine is the best so so maybe this is crazy i feel like parents know their kids um and i i have a good grip on the potential of my kids i know when they're doing their best and i know when they're not doing their best um, and then I know because I spend a lot of time with them, what they're capable of and what they can do. And so it's hard to replicate if you can't have that same environment with your kids. But it's like, I know, I mean, down to like a colored picture or something built out of blocks, like when my kid invested the most effort. So now you get into that situation where you're supposed to reward effort, um, you know, not outcome. And I'm a giant fan of that. So obviously yeah. if someone works really hard and they have like negligible outcome, well, that's not good for like a business environment either. Um, but being able to encourage when they're working at something that they're interested in, they're really putting their all into it. Like that is so important. And so I don't think that happens enough. Well, that's process over um, product, which is a big concept, right? So are we valuing the process that's going into it or are we, are we valuing the specific product? And that's a conversation that I had with the teachers that I worked with all the time was if you go into it and say, I want it to look exactly like this. And then the kids are just recreating what you told them to create. Mm -hmm. What are, what's the purpose of that? I mean, because we need, we, the activity should serve as a container for the relationship. 
And if it's not, then there's no value in it. And I think so many things has to come back to the relationship. So, I mean, to answer that question, how do you define the best? I think the definition of the best needs to be fluent because like we said, everything is changing so quickly. So if we define the best as it was five years ago, even two years ago, then we're already behind. So the definition of the best should be in a, in some kind of way that follows what's happening and is fluid. And that's really hard to do because education is always 10 years behind. (laughs) We're going to say it. Yeah. We're going to say it. Yeah. I knew someone going for a communications degree and that to me, you can probably think of a better one offhand. Cause I'm like, no matter what, like even us who are trying to communicate are behind. Like, so I don't know how you like institutionalize a communications degree because I don't know. You just, you're so far behind. You know what I mean? You're probably teaching people yeah. about Oxford commas right now. But. Well, like a, like a computer science degree. I feel like that is changing so rapidly. And then yeah. who's teaching it to you? And are they currently in computer science? And also Rachel supports your new name to Jim James. <laughs> is this Rachel that's writing you a theme song, Rachel? It is. Yep, it Rachel is. that's yeah. writing me a theme song, Rachel. Yep. We're going to have a theme song. Side note, it's going to be amazing. Um, we're going to sing it together. We're going to put it on my podcast. And we'll also maybe sing a song about Jim James. Because I feel like oh that gosh, should definitely don't. be a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so back to interest-led. So I have two girls, very different. Um, My oldest just started at a school called Galileo, which is fully online, and it's an international school. And so I think there's like 100 students there. And she's a super nerd. That's why I love her, right? Um, She's all about computers. I came out one day, and she was taking her laptop apart. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) She's like, well, the screen was broken, and I need to take it apart. And I was like, yep you go, go kid. And yep. so we were looking into this for her. We've, we've done private homeschool charter and public for her. And none of them really met her needs um, <laughs> because they, you know, one, she's high maintenance Two, she's Sheldon. Does anybody watch big bang theory? Yep. I have that child at my house. So that was really hard. So we started this school and it's actually really cool because they do, um, they do like student-led groups, facilitator-led groups, nano degrees, and there's something else. And so she gets to choose each month what she wants to participate in. So like her oh, nano cool. degree, her nano degree for next month is like building a video game from scratch and then presenting it in some way, right? And then they, she's also taking like a junior entrepreneurial club and some so cool. something, right? So she gets to choose from all of these different things animation, they have a Roblox club, they have a baking, whatever, right? And we still do all of the math, like the normally stuff. We math and we yeah, you math. do all you of that. But she, does, yeah. she gets to choose these nano degrees and they do a hyper focus on it for a month. And then they take what they've learned from there, bring it onto something else. And so <laughs> it is really, really cool. Most of it is student led. They can create their own groups and get them approved and run them. Um, and they create their own schedules. So they're responsible. They have a daily check-in. They have to say, hey, we, here's what we're doing. And they check in every day with their like cohort. But they're responsible for completing their stuff on their own. And so she's having to carry this autonomy and this responsibility of it and choosing her schedule and all of that. And to me, that's like the, the best picture I can get at this very moment of giving a lear- learner the seat at the table, that they're the learners. They should have a seat at the table yeah. decisions that are being made. 
and giving them some sort of co-constructive future-led approach where they're doing these yeah. things that are different. Like I think one of the nano degrees that she wants to do is creating and maintaining your own YouTube channel, right? And mm. doing that with a group of kids. And I don't know, that's been a really cool thing for me to watch her start to do because that to me is kind of the emergence of this mm -hmm. future-led education. And a lot of it is STEM, but it's not because, I mean, it's just, it's an open focus. I don't know, yeah. I'm rambling now. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like some people might like an element of STEM that is not, they might not want to build robots. Right. So it's like they might like this. Yeah. You could, you could call, you could call the, I don't know. I don't know what part, parts of it, like obviously making your own video game in STEM, but people may not think of it that way because it, it just seems more like a fun type of thing. The issue, I shouldn't say the issue. The only thing that bugs me is that education that you have for her, you know, having that accessible and scalable is really important. So how much, how, what is a class size or how, how much support does she get? The class size is, well, because it's um, interactive, there's like yeah. a facilitator. They don't have teachers. They have facilitators. Yeah. And then it's run kind of student-led. So, it, you know, it's a little bit different. I think they have to have at least 10 to participate in to open a club or to open a program. Yeah. Then, you know, it varies. But one other bit, bit that I really like about it is it's international. So she's mm -hmm. getting to interact with these kids, with these kids that have different cultures and different languages and different all that, and see that the world's a little bit bigger than just the city that we live in. All the people that look like us, talk like us, do the same thing as us, yeah. and go to school right next to us. Yeah. So I like that she oh, gets cool. to experience that bigger. Oh, there's that's so cooler many than what I did. <laughs> it's cooler than the tiny desk where I sat in the same room every day. Is it? Lame. It is. A little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Martin says, very true about tech needs to focus on security and stop upgrading. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. There's some stuff coming there that's getting a lot more fun. The the break from the security? traditional apps. So. Are you talking about security? Uh, the updating all the time. It's interesting when people develop an app, an app breaks about once every three months. Like because of app store upgrades and software upgrades and all that stuff. So I, I'm excited for stuff that's happening in that area. Sorry, I was I'm minor excited nerd you. out. You I'm should be. for you and your excitement. Um, let's see. Rachel says, letting the parents be the judge also puts certain children at a huge disadvantage. I worked with smart children who were stuck in the foster system or in homes with parents who were completely checked out. So true. I mean, because, and back to the sustainability question, right? How is any of this sustainable? Because yep. there's so many factors, there's too many things that we can't understand or we can't control. And it is really hard, but I actually was on a call right before this talking about, um, you know, you have to have three pieces of the stool for it to stand if you have a three-legged stool. I mean, if you have a four-legged stool, I guess you would need four things, but you definitely can't have a two-legged stool. But this, in this case, was a three-legged stool. You had to have the parent. What if they're really wide-legged? Then you um, could do the two-legged. That's like a bench, right? I forgot the other leg now. Now that there are parents. <laughs> I like your lead in that you cannot have a two-legged stool. So here are the two legs I remember. <laughs> you ruined it. I feel like you did that to I'm me. sorry. Rachel Baird, okay. education really needs to be addressed. I'm in NYC and it's so obvious and visible stopping fixed. Yep. I mean, I'm doing some work on, I'm working with a company who's doing digital equity and just, just putting it very simple. Like, do they have access to the internet and do they have a device? If they have that, 
is a whole situation in the state of Texas, right? And so then that's just digital equity. Then you're talking all other realms of equity. That's a whole other, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say though, see, this is where I'm thankful because I feel like all of us can sit and make the ideal. We can say what's right. ideal, but to implement it, like I didn't understand, uh, like you mentioned, funding has to be tied to something measurable. Like I just mm -hmm. didn't understand that because I don't come across that as a student. I never knew that. You know, right. you'd hear inklings of it every once in a while. Your test scores have to be better, so therefore we have to study for the test. And and enough people think that's dumb, but I don't ever hear that side or have to deal with it. So that's where like I'm appreciative there are people like you who are passionate about it and actually involved in it, who can make a difference there and actually, you know take a stand for what makes sense, so. Yeah, because I think that's the big thing is we can all sit around and talk about all the things that need to change in education, but unless we actually do something with it, we're just adding to the problem. And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, to, to bring in our whole conversation yes. to like one bite-sized bit, tell us again why STEAM STEM needs to die. I was going to take an alternate approach and say what I hope that people took away. So why, why, why STEM needs to die, in my opinion, is because it is overemphasized and I am concerned that some people who do not want to be in STEM positions, coming from somebody who was put in a STEM position who, again, it served me well, but it took me 10 years to figure out why am I miserable. Um, I feel like we need to be careful what we emphasize and what we celebrate so that we're not forcing people into something that they don't want to do. And I feel like society is pushing STEM so hard. It's on every commercial, on every kid's cartoon, STEM, 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 that we're pushing people out potentially and making them feel inferior for taking things that are not STEM um, or for choosing a role that is not STEM. My takeaway that I would like is for parents of kids or other people to invest in your kids and pay attention to what they actually like and not what you feel like they're pressured to do. Because sometimes, you know, everyone cares about their kids. I shouldn't say that. Some people don't, which is terrible. Was terrible. But if you if you let the system, like it, it, you know, it's one of the things about being involved. It's the biggest complaint I hear from teachers when I talk to teachers is there are some parents who just aren't involved, and there are some that are really overbearing. And there's kind of a fine mm -hmm. line. So what we're saying with interest led, you can control that if it's your house. Let it be interest led. See what your kids are into. Don't push them into things that they don't want to do. Um, just because society or FLARP or whatever toy on the toy shelf says that it's STEM, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much as your kids going for the thing that they are interested in and the thing they do well and helping to point them in that direction to something that they do well that's also useful. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's so many different facets of our conversation, right? I mean, interest-led is the, is the biggest one and then um, you know, just following a label on something. If it says STEM or if it doesn't say STEM, it has the same impact on that child. It's the child's perception and the process of them playing with it or experiencing it in some way that carries more weight than anything that it says on there. Like, you remember, do you remember, um, I don't know if it still exists, but Baby Einstein, there were like these yeah. DVDs and these videos and they were Baby Einstein and they were going to teach your child to be smarter and, and whatever. Like, why do you think yeah. they call it a baby Einstein? I think the STEM thing is the same thing. Like, hey, we're going to make your kid smart. It's the same toy, but we wrote STEM on it. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those things were too, they were like maddening. Like if you've read the psychology of, I, so I really like the psychology of Sesame Street. They talked about how um, puppets, like originally they thought puppets should be a separate feature and then people should be a separate feature and it would confuse the kids if they had 
puppets and people in the same feature. And then when they ran experiments, because they ran so many with Sesame Street, they found out that the kids reacted better when the Muppets are with the people. I shouldn't say Muppets because they're not Muppets. When the puppets are with the people, it gets the best. I know, I know. It gets, I'm probably like stepping on copyrights left and right. Uh, But it gets a different reaction from the kids. They react so much better when it's like mixed, when you put the puppets with the people. And then I remember hearing about, about Blue's Clues. They would run multiple consecutive episodes that are the same episode. So they would run the same episode for like three days because kids like it because they understand what comes next and it's predictable mm-hmm. and it's security. So there's so much psychology put into it that I don't even understand. But when I see baby Einstein, it makes my brain want to pour out my ears. All that to say. That. <laughs> like flarp. <laughs> like flarp. Make, make sounds on the way out. Is that, is that really all we got out of this conversation? I feel like, I feel like, yes, we've ended, we had all of the pieces and now we are back to Florp and I feel like I need to go to the store and purchase them because that's what I'm going to do with my Friday night. Yeah, it's good. You should buy a few though, because your daughters will take them. Well, that's accurate. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or I could just sit in my car and play with it and they'll never find me. Is that there weird? Are, that's you're weird. probably going to make a video of it and that's even more weird. It would be a killer gift. Maybe I can bring the word flarp into my theme song that Rachel and I are going to write. That could work. You have to do it in some way that it doesn't stick out so that people are like, is that, did she say flarp? You know what I mean? You got to work that in. Be clever about it. It's like, like, like when you said it and I'm like, wait. Yeah. (laughs) What word? You just got to let it roll off. Yeah. It's totally STEM. Totally stuck. Works on your dexterity. What would they put on the box? They'd say it works with your dexterity, hand-eye coordination, fine motor skills, fine motor fine skills, motor skills your auditory development. development. Auditory. Yeah. And, I use tactile and use it auditory at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah. And your social awareness. Oh, uh, yes. Probably. Obviously. What yeah. yeah. does bring your social awareness? I could make an argument for that. Oh, yeah. Um, if you can learn to straight face it through FLARP, you'll survive in any business meeting. That's accurate. Yeah. Alfonso says, I love the cross-curricular skills you learn through STEM activities, but ultimately we need to simply prepare students for the career of their choice. And Alfonso is a, a, is like a STEMI person. He has an ed tech, my ed tech life um, podcast, and he does all the cool stuff. But, yeah. you know, he's cooler than me. It's fine. So our takeaways, okay, were um, FLARP, Friday yeah. Night FLARP. <laughs> not. Oh man! I'm so excited about the possibilities. Friday Night Flirt. <laughs> um, I forgot all the rest of them. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't say Jim James again because we were going to oh, drop that, that one. one. That's what I was going for. Friday Night Flirt. Jim James. Um, inquiry-based education is important. These are our takeaways. Yes. Yes. Find, expose your kids to as many awesome educational opportunities as possible, and encourage them to pursue the ones that make the most sense for them. The ones that they enjoy that, you know, that, that Venn diagram of like, also make money, enjoy it, do it well, make money. (laughs) The money part does come in handy. That's important. So, all right, well, I'm going to, um, go buy some flarp and maybe make some gifts and sing a song about Jim James. I have had so many possibilities come from this, come from this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like none of them are useful, but that's good for you. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Thank you, Jim James. Well, I'm gonna, yep. we're gonna, oh wait, Baby Einstein apparently did not make children smarter. There's data. Aww. Aww. That's so sad. I invested in so many, I traded in all my Beanie Babies for those DVDs and now none of it's paying off. That's super sad. 
That is really sad. Thanks for bringing us down, Rachel. We were all high on Jim James and FLARP, and then here you come with your data. I think it's time for us to uh, complete the conversation. <laughs> Just Let's let it go here. Quick, quick. Who's that girl at the trampoline park filled with passion and thrown up sparks?